want to thank you that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That, Lord, in our sin, you still loved us. And so we come before you today with our needs and our petitions. And, Lord, I thank you for your goodness because it's your goodness that displaces fear. It's your goodness that displaces sickness. It's, it's your goodness that displaces that discouragement. <clears throat> so, Lord, just, just come. Fill every life, fill every home, fill every situation with your goodness. And Lord, as we draw nigh to you, you draw nigh to us. So we, we reach out and we declare our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this place. We pray you'll anoint your word. May it be a lamp unto our feet. May it be a light unto our path. May we see clearly what is your will for our lives. May we go from this house today encouraged and blessed. May we, may we have hope. May we know that you are in our future. So just bless us today, we pray. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just remain standing and let's take our Bibles as we look at our teaching this morning. Thank you, worship team. Bless you. Appreciate your ministry this morning and thank you folks for entering in. If you have your Bibles, let's turn two scriptures, one in the front and one in the back. 1 Corinthians 4 and 7, first of all. 1 Corinthians 4 and 7. Just a few words out of this verse. What do you have that you have not received? And that verse is sobering in that everything that we are enjoying today comes from the Lord. Are you okay with that? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so everything we enjoy has come from his hand and he calls on us to be a good steward. Because the Bible says that I will stand and I will give an account for how I looked after my wife. She reminds me of that every once in a while. Everything that we have has come from him. And then over in Proverbs 11, two verses there, 24 and 25. Here's, here's the thing about the Bible. Here's the thing about the kingdom of God. It's an upside-down kingdom that is right-side-up. 
So in other words, when we, when we really look at the Bible and we understand the principles of Scripture, sometimes it will not make sense. But the cool thing about it is that when we embrace the Bible and do what it says, and it works, he gets the glory. Isn't that cool? So in other words, I, I'm, I'm taking what the Bible says and I'm doing it, and it works. It's not anything I did, but it works, so it must be God. So when you consider the, the Bible and the principles of Scripture, and, and like to the world it makes no sense, but if you're a follower of Jesus and you're in love with Jesus and you're in love with the Word... Uh, that something called faith takes over. <laughs> you say, wow, this works. Because when you look at these two verses, Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. It doesn't make sense in the natural that when you give, this is what it says, when you give freely, you gain even more. But when we find ourselves withholding unduly, we come to poverty. We talked last week about when we are thankful, we are grateful, and then when we're grateful, we become a giver. And then verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you want to have blessing, become a giver. Makes no sense especially if you come from a Scottish background. Totally contrary to my culture, because my culture says you hang on to every... It used to be a penny, now it's a nickel. But you hang on to everything. But the kingdom of God says, and I've proven this, contrary to how I felt... It's fabulous to become a sower in the kingdom of God. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Before you're seated, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye, and say, I love you more than pizza. Pastor Orlando had to pray about that before he said it. (laughs) 
Talking about money is a fascinating thing. The enemy does not want us to talk about money because it's one of the ways that he holds us in his grip because of fear. But I'm a strong believer as I mentor leaders and mentor people that One of the greatest deficits in our life is the mishandling of money. And God has called us to be good stewards. I came across, I was just reading this book recently, and I came across this saying. A budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. And what we have to understand is, if we are going to be successful in our Christian walk, one of the greatest things that you can have in your life is self-discipline. And when you understand what it is that God has called us to, which is to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple, it requires self-discipline. And so today I want to talk to you about a subject that has talked about in the Bible over 800 times, and that is money. And there is a responsibility that we have as followers of Jesus, again, to be good stewards and to be givers, and we are called to be tithers and givers of our offering into the kingdom of God. And it was said by Pastor Connie, I want to reemphasize, thank you for your faithfulness in giving to the kingdom of God. This church is blessed. And I want to thank you personally for your giving. Our obedience to God's word reveals the condition of our heart. When I understand my heart, and I want to measure where I am in my relationship with God, I need to consider my level of obedience. We often talk about the deficit of trust, but I don't believe you can grow trust until you grow obedience. And, and, and the beauty of walking with Father God is to understand that he's constantly talking, of, talking to us and Holy Spirit is constantly talking to us and tugging at our heart and feeding us the word of God to become more like him and to give our heart more to him and grow in our obedience. And what's absolutely fascinating is when I grow in my obedience, God answers prayer. It's so cool. He comes and he meets the needs that I have. 
And when you grow your obedience, you grow your trust because all of a sudden you come to the realization that when I study the Word of God and I'm obedient to the Word of God, everything that He has promised is coming my way as a son and as a daughter of the kingdom because my Father wants to bless me. His goodness is running after us. Is it possible that our stubbornness keeps the goodness from being what all that it should be? Well, maybe that's another sermon. But I've just learned in my walk with God that I had to take my scotch pride and set it aside and step into humility and and submission and obedience and fall in love with his word. And everything I was chasing comes to me because I've given my heart to the Father. Oh, if we can catch this if we can understand it, if we can embrace it, if we can... Do you know there is nothing more important that you will do tomorrow than give your heart to the Father and follow him wholeheartedly? Because when you do that, the blessings will come. If God is first in our life, everything will have an order. God will help us to organize. He will help us to fashion our life because when we constantly give our heart to him, we are reparented into his likeness and we are reparented to becoming who he says we are. I had to stop thinking of who I thought I was and let God reparent me so I can become who he says I am. That's the heart of God. You see, Christianity has been about servanthood as long as we come Sunday morning and, and we give and, we, and, we, and we are, we're an usher, we work in the sound room. As long as we are, have that appearance of this doing of this stuff, God never called, he called you out of slavery. He never called you into servanthood. He called you into sonship. That's what we're missing in our... We've got to understand sonship, that we have the Heavenly Father and His goodness is running after us. He is so good. He's got such amazing things for us. But we twiddle around... Is that a word? We, 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 we just, we just kind of stay in our own little realm and we, we try to make things happen. And thus, all, of, all along, the spirit of the living God stands ready to empower you to become greater than you are right now. That's the excitement of having intimacy with Father God. So, let's just put it out there. This is the Sunday that the pastor is going to talk on tithing. We're just going to talk about it. But there are some truths that I hope will help you this morning. 
they've helped me. I, I want to I really be fair this morning. You see, I, I grew up in a home where my mom and dad taught me tithing as a child. I, I didn't grow up in the Depression days. I'm not that old. But I did grow up in a Scotch home. I think my allowance was 10 cents. And uh, I remember my dad brought home a load of lumber. This stays in my mind as a child. They were one by fours filled with nails. So he said, if you take out all the nails, I will pay you. Well, that was exciting. So I remember hammering out these nails. And of course, when you try to hammer nails that are already bent, they have their own way they want to go. So it was an ordeal. But I finished the project. It took me a while. I think I got a dollar. Maybe I got two. I don't know. Let's say two. Let, let's. It wasn't much. But every time there was any money that, that I received, I was taught to pay 10%. And so for, and my wife was the same. So for my wife and I, as we uh, got married and, and established a family and so on, tithing was, it was just a natural thing. And if you're here today and you've never done it, I, I, want, to, I, I want to be really empathetic that this might be a stretch. Because you're here and you're saying, Pastor, we, we have what we have, and when, when, we, when we look at our budget, we barely make it. Now you're asking me to live on 90% of what I'm all just now just getting by. I'm here to tell you, based on the word of God and based on my own experience, and I could have people stand and testify to support this. Again, it makes no sense, but the Bible says if you will give to God, he will bless you. That's the promise of Scripture. And so let's look at our teaching this morning. The principle of the firstborn. So the firstborn, the Bible teaches, must be sacrificed or redeemed. And so when we look at Moses, he consecrated the firstborn of children and animals to God. Exodus says, the Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offering of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. Exodus uh, 13, 12 and 13, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn makes of your livestock belong to the Lord. So the clean, watch this, the clean had to be sacrificed and the unclean had to be redeemed. So, watch this. Jesus was sacrificed, and we were redeemed. Hallelujah. 
Jesus was sacrificed, we were redeemed. Jesus didn't wait to see if he would if we would repent before he gave his life. The father gave his son while they were mocking and spitting on him. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's commitment, covenant, agape love. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And so what we are taught here is when we bring the sacrifice into the storehouse then the rest is redeemed. So this is what we can say. When I bring my tithe into the Lord's house, the rest of my finances are redeemed. And so when I become a giver, and when I become a tither, I can expect that the 90% is blessed by God. And what the Bible is saying is we are better off with the 90% blessed by God redeemed by God when we then we are with the hundred percent that doesn't have the blessing and influence of God on it. Are you with me so far? And so we've got to understand that the clean had to be sacrificed, the unclean had to be redeemed. It says in uh, in Philippians that my God will meet or supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So our God, King James says, will supply all your needs. And this word supply, epikorigia, actually means a choreographer. And to be a choreographer, I'm going to get these words out, the art of planning, arranging movements, steps and patterns, and orchestration. And so what we need to understand is that our God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He will orchestrate your finances. Mm. And so if you're looking at your finances and you're wondering what's going on, I want to encourage you to become a giver and a sower into the kingdom of God and watch that which is redeemed, that which is blessed, that which is, has the blessing of God on it, and it starts to multiply. And we begin to understand and we say, wow, somebody is orchestrating my finances. Anybody in the house can testify that there have been times and you have wondered, where did that come from? And you just know it's the blessing of the Lord. Have you experienced that? Yes, we have all across this place. We've had situations in our ministry where we had no money. We had no groceries. And we've come home and our garage is filled with groceries. There have been times when we had very little in the house and my wife testified, she's a great memory, she will testify that she said to me, "If I love love rice pudding, but you cannot have rice pudding without raisins. Thank you. Thanks for working with me. This is encouraging. And so she said, if I had some raisins, I could make you a rice pudding. We didn't have much else. 
Shortly after that, there was a knock on the door. See, God's into the little things. He's into the little details. I want you to go from this house this morning. No, that God is crazy about you. He, he really, really loves you. And someone came in to our house carrying bags of groceries, and on the top was the biggest bag of raisins you've ever seen. That's what our God does. And I know that there would be other testimonies here. So when you give to the Lord, you invite the maestro to come into your life and begin to orchestrate your finances. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. What do you have that you have not received? So that's the principle of the firstborn. Let's look at the principle of the firstfruits. I need to say this, when I'm a follower of Jesus, there's only two choices with my tithe. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this doesn't apply. But once we give our heart to to Jesus and we step into the kingdom, there's only two choices that I have with my tithe. I either bring my tithe or I steal it. Don't shoot the messenger. But the tithe is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim, brim over with new, new wine. God doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. Oh. He wants you. To trust him. Because he, it, it, it says it. Your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. God's blessing and favor will rest upon you. Let's look at Jericho. God said, <coughs> excuse me, to, to Joshua, bring all the silver and gold from Jericho into the house of God. The reason was that Jericho was the first city. Oh, this is so good. And the first city belongs to God. You can have all the rest. But the first city was the sacrifice. And so if you bring everything that's in this first city... All of the rest of the cities will be redeemed. You with me? And so we follow through on this story. And it says that Achan took the consecrated thing that was devoted to God. And when the Israelites went up to Ai, which was a lot smaller city, they failed. Because there was sin in the camp. Because there was disobedience. 
Achan took the consecrated thing, that which was devoted to God, and so there came a failure. And in Joshua 6, the first fruits are consecrated, the same as the firstborn. <coughs> Excuse me. And it says in Joshua, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things they have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. You cannot put what belongs to God in your own possession. Do you still love me? Are are we okay? This is the word. And I look at Jericho. First city. God says, it's mine. I'll bless you with all the rest. He didn't ask for 90% and told us to live on 10. Thank you, Lord. He said, I'm going to bless the 90. So it's going to be amazing. So when my tithe is in the storehouse, there's a blessing on my finances. When it's in my bank account, It is not blessed. You have touched the tithe that belongs to me. Familiar scripture, Malachi 3, will a man rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how do you rob me? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Watch this. Test me in this. This is a test. No question about it. This is an experience of faith. This is stretching us to trust the Father. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out, uh, pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit. <coughs> Excuse me, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So I've given my tithe, and this is the rest that I have left. And there comes a pest that wants to touch my finances. And God is there, and he goes, done. God stands over your, he stands over your finances. I want you to catch this picture. He stands over your finances and protects it. That's what the Bible says. And if we want that blessing, We understand that, Lord, I've got to take these steps of obedience to go deeper and farther in you. The storehouse is a place where goods are kept for future use, an abundant supply or source. So if you sit at the table of warden full gospel and you are fed, then that is your storehouse. 
And that's where your giving belongs. There are scriptures that I've written in my journal. I've referred to them before, and they're kind of my life message. Because what I have proven in my journey with God, that there is amazing blessing when I make right choices. And what I've discovered, that what I was chasing before, doing it in my own strength, when I stopped chasing stuff and started chasing the Father, everything else came to me. Just listen to a few of these verses. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. And so when we have that devotional time and we give our heart to God and we're doing everything God's asked us to do, we stand before him blameless. And as from you, as when you go from your place of devotions and you start walking in the path of life, the Bible says he will guide you and direct you. He'll give you wisdom. He'll tell you to, to turn left. He'll tell you to turn right. He'll tell you when to stop. There is wisdom that comes into your spirit. Folks, it's not about going through life out of your soul. It's about going through life out of your spirit because he quickens us and he guides us. We just got to give our heart to him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. It says in Proverbs, the Lord is far from the wicked. But he hears the prayers of the righteous. The desire of the righteous ends only in good. The desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. What the righteous desire will be granted. It goes on to say, What the wicked dreads will overtake him. What the righteous desire will be granted. Misfortune pursues the sinner. But prosperity is the reward of the righteous. The Bible's filled with promises. As you continue to make right choices and no matter what situation you're in, righteousness or right choices based on the scriptures and Holy Spirit speaking to you will bring you out of every situation. Because righteousness is like that four-wheeled truck with the big tires and you're in the muck and they back up and they hook that chain onto the vehicle you're sitting in and it just walks you right out of the situation. That's what righteousness will do. Because that's his promise. Final point. The principle of the first. Principle of the firstborn, principle of first fruits, principle of the first. Leviticus, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. The tithe 
is holy to the Lord. So the first portion has the blessing on it. It's not just about the tithe. It's also about paying the tithe first. It isn't just the tithe that brings the blessing. It's the faith that you exercise when you give it that you know there's blessing in that obedience. So, don't give the first check to the mortgage company, the car payment, the utility bill, or the grocery store. They, <clears throat> they do not have the power to bless your finances. But God does. The tithe represents who's first in my life. And my bank account shows who is first. Let me say this. I don't give my tithe, I return my tithe. <laughs> Good place for amen there. I don't give my tithe, I return it because it's the Lord's. So if we're going to return the tithe, we need to return it first and experience the blessing on the rest of our finances. So God asked Abraham for his firstborn before he had any more sons. All he had was the promise of more. Fascinating story. Supernaturally, God blesses Abraham. He has a son. Then God asks for it back. But as he stepped out in obedience, trusting the Father, the bless, he became the father of many nations. And folks, when we exercise righteousness, we become who God says we are. The blessings upon our life are amazing. As we close, the on, so honor the Lord, Proverbs says, with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Worship team, if you'll come. Your vats will brim, brim over with new wine. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. James says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. What do you have that you have not received? What do I enjoy today <clears throat> that hasn't come from his hand? And so there are things that he asks of me, not because he wants to make me feel small, but he wants me to feel big, and he wants to bless me. So the takeaway is this. When we understand that we have been redeemed and embrace the principle of first fruits. It is with confidence that we cheerfully pay our tithes and position ourselves for his provision and for his blessing. So I want you to step in to obedience. I want you to experience the blessing of God on the 90% that you have 
just like my wife and I, we've experienced that blessing because we have made him first in our life. Will you stand with me today? <laughs> we serve a loving God. And he's running after us. He's so in love with you today. Just bow your heads with me for a moment. In a moment, we're going to sing our closing song. We're going to be dismissed. But I want to pray for you this morning. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This is between you and the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just simply want to remember you in prayer. What I'm going to ask of you this morning is definitely a step of faith. This isn't about the general fund or the building fund. This isn't really even about wardenful gospel. This is about your relationship with Father God. To experience what it is to be a son and daughter to experience what it is to have the blessing of the Father on your life. Whether you're a teenager, whether you're a young person, a young adult, moms and dads here today, you'd say, Pastor, I, I've heard the word. And in faith this morning, I'm going to take this step being faithful in sowing into the kingdom of God. Maybe you're already doing that. I'm going to include you in this altar call because I want to pray blessing on you. Maybe you've never taken that step of being a tither, of being a giver, not only of tithes but also of offerings to sow into missions to other places where we can bless. But you sense God speaking to you today. And you say, Pastor, remember me in this closing prayer as I take this step of faith. Can I see your hand? You just raise it up. I want to pray for you today. Just go ahead. Just go. Oh, that's beautiful. All across this place. Lord, you see hands and you see hearts today. And I thank you for your word. You want us to step into and expand our life of obedience so that you have our heart. Our heart belongs to you. And that includes our finances. And so as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Christ, help us to be givers. Because, Lord, we want your blessing upon our lives, upon our finances, upon our children, our grandchildren. We want to leave a legacy that will honor and glorify you. So you see the hands that are raised, the hearts that are lifted to you. And, Lord, I just pray as we take these steps of faith that, Lord, there will be incredible blessing. I pray blessing over your people today. I pray for those who need a job. I pray that it will be provided. I pray for those who need finances, Lord. I pray that it will be supernaturally provided 
because that's the God we serve. So thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. What do we have that we have not received from you? It all comes from above. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we give you glory. And all God's people said, can we give him praise today? Hallelujah. Worship team's going to lead us. Bless you. Let's worship him.